Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep it love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. Dun, 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 dun. My name's Chris Lambert. <laughs> we need long, empty pauses throughout this season that will just fill with like drum beats. Uh, my name is Travis Bean. And if you haven't already caught on yet, we're talking about 808s and Heartbreak for the next foreseeable future, what, like 14 episodes? Yeah, something like that. You know, nice and solid. Yeah, we have the intro episode, 12 songs, and then the yeah. outro episode. So. <laughs> yeah, and then like a 15th episode where we're just crying. Yeah, because it is an emotional album that we've had, what, 13 years with to build memories? Wow. I didn't know you were going to drop that on me. It's been 13 years since this album came out. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a little wild, isn't it? <laughs> it it's wild because like I was in it back when it came out like i remember heartless playing on the radio this is like right when i started listening to kanye so it's it's been 13 years okay i might need a second for this (laughs) a little brief pause for an existential crisis no big deal (laughs) happens on most podcasts yeah most of our shows it it happens at least once an episode (laughs) yeah that was a i think this was the first album well okay let's set the stage a little bit right Mm -hmm. table setting 808s was not the expected album from Kanye in 2008. Uh, People had been hearing about the trilogy, right, for a long time. Kanye, even before Mm -hmm. the college dropout came out, was telling people, I'm going to make three albums, college dropout, late registration, graduation. And people were like, bro, you don't even have a album out. What makes you think you're going to have three? (laughs) Bro, you can't even rap. Yeah. What do you get off the table and go make beats for me? Like that's how people were treating him. And then he started talking about good ass job. So after college dropout came out, late registration, people are expecting it's graduation, then good ass job. And even though good ass job would be an addition to the trilogy, kind of, it was the next thing. And even after graduation came out, a lot of the media outlets were reporting. Kanye is at work on his next album, which should be good ass job. And then bad things happened. Uh, what, 2007, f- winter of that year, uh, his mom mm-hmm. passes away um, from a surgery that just went wrong. So Kanye has that now hanging over him, dealing with that. And then he was engaged to Alexis Pfeiffer, who he had been dating for a while. Even they were together when College Dropout came out, which would probably shock some people that aren't diehard 
<laughs> Kanye fans in terms of or like diving into Kanye's relationship because on Never Let Me Down, he mentions Mr. Rainey, I'm going to marry your daughter. He was dating Samika Rainey back in 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. when he was first working on that. But by the time College Dropout came out, he was dating Alexis Pfeiffer. So he was with Alexis for a few years. They broke up. He's single for a little bit. Then he and Alexis get back together, get engaged shortly afterwards. And things are pretty good between them. But he starts kind of obsessively working on the Glow in the Dark tour following Graduation's release. And he's just off doing Glow in the Dark tour stuff all the time. And things just kind of fell apart between him and Alexis. So they ended their engagements in the spring, I believe. And it was in that time frame between the loss of his mom uh, at the end of 2007, the ending of his relationship in early 2008, that Kanye started putting together 808s and Heartbreak uh, that then ended up releasing in November of 2008. So it came together pretty quickly, like within a year almost. Yeah. It's it's interesting thinking that that's the energy this album's born out of because, you know, Kanye loses his mom in the midst of him planning and setting out on this like gigantic tour for graduation. Graduation is already an album about becoming a huge celebrity, about moving away from your home, from your foundation and and blowing up and connecting with the world and and kind of not really having a home anymore, just kind of not you're not like a vagabond or anything but like you're out you know you're out in the world like you're 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 worldwide now um and to think that like he was obsessing over this in the midst of like having all of these emotions and having this life thrown into turmoil uh to think that it cost him this relationship like this this last piece of stability that he had in his life like all of that seems to set up 808s really well because then 808s becomes him reconciling with this newfound fame that he has that he worked so hard for and cared so much about on graduation what after he has lost his mom like lost his woman like lost his home he doesn't have any of that anymore and 808s appropriately fuses graduation in that way like okay great you're a big famous celebrity like but you're completely alone and you have nobody in your life like what is that album going to sound like? Like 808s is it like it's so perfectly captures that. Yeah. And people didn't like that at the time. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) So I remember even being nestled in at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio, how I was, which is not like a a, a music hub or like (laughs) known for its hip hop culture. Even there, I remember when this album came out, seeing headlines, articles, people talking, uh, some online chatter, though. I don't remember where I would even be picking up online chatter back in 2008 (laughs) of Kanye's career being over, essentially. Like, he dropped this whack album. It sounds nothing like his previous albums. Is it even hip-hop? It's just him singing. How embarrassing. Like, this is the worst album of the year kind of thing. And I was hearing all of that being really surprised. (laughs) Like, yeah, because I had just gotten back from studying abroad in Australia from February through like early July. And, you know, I kind of off in this fantasy land for uh, 
a few months. And I remember it took a couple months to kind of get my footing back under me. Mm-hmm. And you head back to Cleveland soon after for senior year of college. And I felt very out of the loop on things. And it kind of, when I left, Kanye is the biggest musician in the world at the time. Stronger was everywhere. And I come back within a couple months, people are talking about his career being over. And Mm -hmm. it just felt very trippy. And then I heard Heartless for the first time, (laughs) just playing somewhere. I was like, this is what people think is awful. Yeah. What is wrong with people? Like, how is this the thing that's causing issues? Because I heard it and I just was so moved and caught up and thought it was so emotional and catchy and interesting that I went back and I still remember uh, being in my dorm and not even the dorm. It was an apartment with my two friends and I got on the case like download network and downloaded Mm -hmm. 808s. And I was just sitting in my sharper image massage chair (laughs) uh, with the lights completely out, my laptop on my lap, listening to 808s. And it is November in Cleveland, which if you've never been to Cleveland in November, it's awful. Like most most months in Cleveland. But (laughs) specifically November, (laughs) December, January, February is the worst time. So it was already snowy. It was already bleak and cold. And our room didn't get, it wasn't well insulated. And the heating wasn't great. So there's like this chill in the room. I'm depressed as hell because I hated Case. I hated being back there, especially after being in Australia. And my dad had passed the year before. Um june 27th of 2007 so i'm still kind of grappling with a lot of that and being back in cleveland at that time was just kind of bringing up a lot of emotions so uh hearing 808s and knowing that kanye's mom had passed and that this album was dealing with that uh being a hopeless romantic in general and having i always had some kind of crush where i was like why doesn't she like me yeah of course yeah so having that and both those aspects being part of the album it just felt like the perfect album for where i was at in my life at that time Mm. and i remember just listening to it over and over and over and thinking this is one of the greatest things i've ever heard Um, yeah yeah i i feel like that's kind of the role 808 serves in Kanye's discography like I understand listening to it and not immediately being captured by it. Like I, I kind of understand why so many people at the time would hear it and be like, what is this whack shit? Like, this isn't Kanye. This is depressing, morbid, like indulgent. But, and when 808s came out, like obviously you were going through a lot emotionally. I really wasn't. And I still enjoyed 808s, but it wasn't like my favorite thing. But we all have these points in our lives where like, we, you know, we have a low point and there's always a moment. I, I, I bet for every single Connie fan, like there's one moment where like 808s click suddenly where you're in the right state of mind for this kind of record and you suddenly start feeling Connie. And I mean, I, I've definitely had that in my life. Yeah, where, when did it click for you? Well, uh, I mean, I haven't lost anybody close to me. Like I still have my parents and everything. Um, 
but just kind of like, I guess, the melancholy of life sometimes. <laughs> um, and just like, well, you know, people in your lives go through things. And, and as I get older, like, I see the people in my lives, like, I feel really blessed to, you know, have Lauren in my life and to have somebody who's I've always been able to talk to and like work through a lot of these these things I, I you know I have to go through and like and trying to better myself and finding out who I am um, I look around me and see so many people in my life like do not have that like I see so many people in my life struggling and it's helped me mature and um, realize like how important it is to be a good friend and to pr help provide stability for people. And I think that's kind of the role 808s has served in my life is realizing that how low it can get for people sometimes and how important it is to be there for them um, and all the circumstances that can get people to a place like this. Um, I That's really what I get from this album now. Like I see it so much in my life that I like I feel this album like I see my friend or my relative who's like struggling and I'm like oh like it it hits like I I sense the 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 lostness in this like not having a place like not having that person not having that stability it, it's all there and it all comes just flooding out of this album song after song and in a lot you know we talk a lot in the show like we're a show that loves narrative you know we love looking at the piece by piece narrative on Kanye's albums and it kind of doesn't have that it doesn't have like the solid structure that like graduation has but it also doesn't really need it like it's just this massive emotion like it it works in the same way graduation does almost like you you still can see that story there because it's just this portrait of Kanye at this time and and i just you know, as you go through life enough, like you start to understand where Connie was in this moment. It's such a full bodied picture of him in 2008 in a way that I'm not sure we really get from another album. Like on a lot of other Connie's other albums, he's playing a character almost um, and laying out a storyline for this character. But 808 like it feels really raw and emotional and true in a way that something like graduation maybe isn't. Yeah, it's it doesn't have that polish of narrative right right that kind of takes something that's real and turns it into entertainment yeah this isn't necessarily entertainment it's catharsis right it's searching um and what you were talking about it made me think on our movie website film colossus we talk a lot about theory of mind and mm that's essentially what you're describing is that this album may not connect for you in terms of the direct experiences that you that you've had in terms of relationship right. or loss but it's given you that theory of mind that when you look at people you know and care about you have a better understanding of or a better appreciation for their emotional state because yes. this album gives you something that maybe they don't want to express but you can connect it to this that's very true like and that's one thing i really love about this album is that kanye is such an open and vulnerable artist that he is able to take all of these things that most people won't talk about and keep hold up in themselves and just and he he just pours it out in this album sonically lyrically like it is this, this collage of emotions and he's and he's not being shy at all. Like he's both being open about the things that cause him pain and being completely open about the pain he's caused himself 
the decisions he's made, the, 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 the bad directions he's gone that have caused these things in his life. It's, this is a, a rough album in a lot of ways. It's beautiful for those reasons, but damn, I just don't even know, let alone Kanye albums. I'm not sure I've heard another album like it at all. It's special. It's very, very special. Um, and, you know, talking, getting into some of what you talked about in terms of the narrative, I do think this is one. We said it about graduation where we're like, we don't know how much we're going to learn, but <laughs> we already <laughs> knew graduation had a narrative when we were going through the 1.0 version of the al- uh, of our analysis. We kind of picked that up by the time we got to I Wonder and went through the rest of the album knowing that there was a narrative. So when we went back through it a second time we kind of had a general idea of what the story was going to be. And we learned a lot in terms of the nuance of that story, uh, which was really cool. But I think 808s is the, is it now the only album in the discography where we feel like there's not a like, beginning, middle and end arc, like college dropout, mm-hmm. late registration, graduation, all habits, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, Jesus, the life of Pablo, all have it. Yay, Jesus is King and Kitsy Ghost all have that like 313515 structure. Right. So, yeah. I think that's probably one of the things I'm most excited about this season is to see if there is more of a rigid structure than we ever realized. Um, And I think there could be because there are movements in the album. Like, there's a lot of. You think of like graduation to Jesus, like there's table setting in those albums where like we're just getting kind of a lay of the land, the character that is and like the journey that's coming. Um, and then the middle section of 808s is a lot about the women in Connie's life and um, kind of feeling detached from those the kinds of women you date when you're a celebrity. And then it, it shifts into like complete loneliness <laughs> you know like 808s and streetlights and of course pinocchio story where he's standing on stage and connecting with nobody in the crowd like i can see that there could be movements um but i've listened to this album a billion times and i've never been able to like quite grasp like if it's as solid as something like even college dropout which even college dropout i think is pretty loose but you could still see the movement in a much clearer way than i do in 808s um so getting into the nitty-gritty of this album going line by line like i think this trip around like we will conclusively find out if there's a storyline or not yeah and it's like talking about even the the movements i'm looking at it i'm just like well say you wills about like a relationship with a woman heartlesses so you have that in the first three songs then of course in the middle right with love lockdown and paranoid but then bad news is also about it so yeah it's like it's just kind of ever present from songs one through nine, even ten. Mm-hmm. See you in my nightmares, before eleven and twelve kind of shift away to just loneliness. It's like yeah, the movement would have to be much more nuanced. Yes. <laughs> so and I don't know, and I, I a I don't think it's important that there is a narrative because I don't think it takes away from the album at all. Right. Absolutely. Um, but also, like, I don't know if Connie's in really the right state of mind to care about a narrative. Like, in graduation, he's at actually a point in his life where he's deciding a new direction and and putting that that process into an actual narrative like makes sense 
to me for him as an artist. Uh, but at, at this point for him as an artist and like what he's expressing, like, I don't think he's going, like he's trying to get somewhere. I think he's kind of just basking in what is and expressing it like an artist would. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Which he does it to great results. And I do think that there's at least uh, a climax, right? Like Say You Will and Welcome to Heartbreak are very subdued, mm-hmm. minimal songs. And then Coldest Winter and Pinocchio Story feel much larger in comparison. Yeah, right. So I do think that there's kind of this idea of starting in a quieter place and ending in a louder place, um, right. especially if you look at Coldest Winter as like the climax of the album. Pinocchio story is kind of a an epilogue. Right. So uh, he tends to still be using um, like that balance of things, right? Like start a little softer, end a little louder. But that doesn't necessarily mean there's a connective tissue all the way up through that but as you're saying it's just a portrait of where he's at in his life at this time looking at the different facets of these emotions and thoughts and experiences and then concluding all of that um with coldest winter and pinocchio story kind of tying it all together hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions plus yeah one thing i'm really excited about is i I agree that there probably isn't necessarily a narrative like maybe we'll see those slight movements but i I think one thing we will see and something i saw in the graduation season is a lot of these songs are light versions of the kind of songs connie would go on to do um you know structurally i think graduation is pretty similar to Jesus. but then i think about the actual songs and uh you know, good morning and on site, like there's similarities in like how you introduce the character. I am a God and stronger, just like the rebelliousness and the talk about being a deity. <laughs> and then I wonder being a song about like this, this woman in your life and thinking about how new slaves does it at the end as well. There are all these little things that I think graduation did that I was like, Oh, Connie would go on to like do that a lot better someday. Um, I, I can kind of see that on, 808's thinking about my beautiful dark twisted fantasy like see you in my nightmares to me almost feels like a light version of blame game or something like this the steeping in a situation and like trying to reconcile with it and and uh in like kind of the horror that's going on in the background that i don't know there's a there's a lot of sounds and ideas on 808's that i'm really interested to talk about and dissect and see like oh like this set up this version for kanye like oh kanye went on to do this or that better um i I just kind of this surface look at the album i'm starting to see that i think even something like paranoid and devil in a new dress in some ways like there's something in the production where it's like okay let's take this and blow it up even more or we've talked a lot before on the show about the outro of say you will and being a staging mm. ground for or like a sandbox for Kanye going on to do Runaway. Right. Which uh, 
you know, in our next episode, say you will, we're gonna have a, a special guest with us that's gonna dive Ooh. even deeper into that. Who gonna be? Who gonna be? Who knows? Is it Kanye himself? <laughs> you gotta wonder. Was. You gotta wonder. <laughs> Stay tuned. Check out the episode. Um, yeah. So I think I'm most excited just to do that narrative. Like, and I think for the first time we went through this album, we weren't doing a lot of the samples or references. Mm-hmm. And I'm also just excited about that to go through and see, okay, what are the references here? What are the samples? How does this add to the song? How does this not? And yeah, that's going to be huge. I mean, think about graduation. We talk about like Elton John, Steely Dan. Like, what were we doing? <laughs> right. We just didn't think it was a big deal when we first <laughs> started the show. Like, we knew that Kanye's lyricism had these narrative elements, but we didn't think the production would go that deep. And then it did. Um, so I, I think that's the thing I'm most excited for. Oh yeah. I'm really excited about that, especially because when I think about 808s, it doesn't strike me as a sample heavy album. Like thinking about the drums being used and the amount of space Kanye started to play with. I'm like, Oh, there probably aren't many samples on it. It seems like an indulgent, like sonic experience, but there probably are. And I'm, I'm probably going to sound dumb. <laughs> hey, you idiot. <laughs> How dare you? I should never doubt Kanye. How dare you? Okay. Um, hmm. Well, then, do we want to do our rankings preseason? Because at the end yeah. of the season, we're going to do our our like post-mortem episode where we go over just the experience of the season and kind of do this whole thing, but on the other side. And with graduation, we did the ranking at the end. And we thought that it would be nice to kind of do a ranking at the beginning so then we can compare and see what rose, yeah. what fell, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So make sure you save this list, Chris. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Um, okay. I can go. Do I just want to run through them all myself? We don't want to trade back and forth, right? Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Or did you want to trade? Uh, let's trade. Let's trade. Okay. We don't have okay. to get as like much into detail as we do right. with in the other episode <laughs> i think that's most mostly what i was trying to avoid like the 40 minute discussion that could suddenly be happening yeah no 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 <laughs> um so it, and i'm genuinely ranking this i'm not really ranking this as in, in terms of like the ones i'm most excited to talk about like i'm purely ranking this bottom the to top like the songs i least like to what i most like um so number 12 for me is amazing Oh, really? Which is a song. I mean, this is the same thing that happened at graduation. Like, I love it even more so than graduation, actually, because there are a couple songs at graduation I don't, like, absolutely love. Um, I love every song at 808s. And there are so many things I love about Amazing. And I'm actually really excited to talk about Amazing on the show because I think people don't appreciate it in the way you're supposed to. Uh, with that said, sonically, it's just not my favorite kind of experience. So it's at the bottom for me. Okay, I get that. I have at the bottom, which I don't think you'll be happy about this. I know but, what it's going to be. Uh, yeah, see you in my nightmares. Yeah, yeah. This uh, this will create for some tension in this little song making here we're doing. <laughs> which uh, I just want to say, the first time I really went through the album, as much as I loved Heartless, See You in My Nightmares was my favorite song on this album for 
a few weeks, I think, with mm-hmm. as much as I was obsessively listening to it. And I just kind of burnt myself out on it. And I never, uh, I've never recovered. <laughs> That's so funny because I feel like most people have the opposite relationship with it where they hate it from the get go. And, but then they never like it after that. Yeah, no, I, maybe I'll come back around on when we go through it this time. <laughs> Even that Spike Jones movie that didn't sell you. Oh no. The Spike Jones movie is fantastic. We'll talk yeah. more about it later. You guys will yeah. see. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, number 11 for me is, well, this won't make you happy, Chris, is Heartless. I get it. Was it just overplayed <laughs> for you? Was this the pool song? Yeah, that, yeah, that's one of it. What's one of the things is I was a lifeguard at the time. And if, I mean, if you ever listen to radio or if you're ever forced to listen to radio because you're a lifeguard, um, it they have to play like certain hits every hour. So I heard this on eight times a day for three months. and i just (laughs) i mean that was part of it but i i do genuinely think of all the songs in the album like it's it's just not as interesting to me maybe lyrically like it's it's a good song it's a bop like i like it but i think maybe lyrically it it just doesn't hit for me on on all angles all right well then well then uh number 11 i have robocop I thought you were going to say Runaway, and I was like, Chris, wrong album. Yeah, wrong, wrong album, and <laughs> shocking development. <laughs> it's so low. Runaway is so low on my Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy rankings that it actually falls into 808s and Heartbreak, and at the bottom of that, <laughs> that would be insane. Yeah, that's um, Robocop for me. Like, I, It's actually my next song, so we can just talk about it at the same time. I, I I, I always loved it at the time and I always thought like, oh, this is the Kanye song like nobody talks about. Like this one's a jam, but it's the song over time that I don't know. It, it's less impressive me like every time I listen to it. I don't know why. It's just like a- after like the the violins repeat for like the 50th time, like, all right, I, I get it. Yeah, it's always been clever to me, but always felt a little thin compared to everything else. On the totally. Album. Yeah, you're totally right about that. Um, but it has a little bit like I've talked a lot about like the sluggishness and me not liking sluggishness. And I feel like see you my nightmares is just a little more sluggish. Yeah. Right. I get it. I get it. Even though you're wrong. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so my next one would be what, ah, uh, I'm torn. I think it's actually, I don't know if I want to, put it this way i'm doing some shifting right now myself can i have a tie yeah you can have a tie chris okay uh bad news and coldest winter kind of tie Mm, okay bad news doesn't surprise me that's typically the song people like put at the bottom but coldest winter okay i'll be interested to talk about that one yeah it's i think it's a really fascinating song it's just musically not as Mm -hmm. dynamic to me and lyrically it kind of is one notes which seems so heartless to say yeah right (laughs) or cold to say but yeah in terms of like aesthetic and just like is this a song i'm listening to versus is this an emotional experience you know i get that i that song wins out to me because of its place in the album like i agree it is just kind of one thing but after everything you go through in 808s, 
like it does that one thing like really well at just the right time and it it yeah. has a power to me that i i can't shake yeah no i agree with that i just yeah i get it though yeah uh number eight for me is is this right hmm. <laughs> well the next two the next two are pretty much tied but number eight for me is welcome to heartbreak oh why is that yeah, that's a song a lot of people really love and put near the top. I I don't know. I just have never had that relationship with it. Like I I still love it. Like trust me, I love that song. I think there are so many parts to it. I that I'm excited to talk about like the introduction of Kid Cudi. So many lyrically, like, so many great moments. Um I think maybe just sonically it's not hitting like all the songs that are coming up like have moments i can grab onto when i and i can and i can say like oh like that moment like that's there's something that really strikes my fancy i guess sonically but welcome to heartbreak like i can't really think of anything i don't know i also skipped number nine by the way which is bad news ah okay i was looking at my list <laughs> and i was like wait am i counting wrong okay which uh, um, bad news i also love um but it's in that same camp I just said of Welcome to Heartbreak, I think. Okay. Yeah, it just doesn't have like the the musicality that gets you as excited. Yeah, but I'm excited to talk about bad news. I I, I always I'm happy to make people love appreciate it more than they do. Yeah, the outro on bad news is one of my favorite things on the album. Yeah. Um so I have Amazing as the next one. Mm. Um which higher than yours, I think but you're lower. a young cheesy apologist though yeah always have been always will be uh you can check out my independent podcast Jeezy freedom that's a daily podcast right yeah 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 uh every morning i record from about six to eight a.m and we just talk a lot of Jeezy material yeah <laughs> uh amazing uh, there's something about just the the board <laughs> ruler aspect to it yeah it just reminds me of like a king in his throne just like slouched over looking really disgruntled because despite having all this power life is just damn boring i almost feel like i should have it above, above robocop now <laughs> uh, so yeah that's one of the ones i'm most excited to talk about okay yeah uh number seven for me i found this kind of surprising but because back in the day, um, because 808s came out right when I was getting into Kanye, and I mostly got into Kanye because I would go on these really long runs. Uh, people are really sick of me talking about this, but here I go again. Um, I would love the upbeat Kanye songs because they would make me run better. And I was like, eh, there's nothing out of 808s that really fits that bill, but Paranoid did, and I always really loved this song. Um, but over time, Paranoid... I don't know. It just, it doesn't hit the same that it used to, but it, it's still a fucking jam. Yeah. Cause I remember when we were doing our rankings of this a couple of years ago or a few years ago, maybe even when we covered it the first time, paranoid was mm -hmm. like top two, top three for you. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it's the same spot for me, uh, which nice. actually after talking about amazing, I almost feel like I want to put amazing above it. Uh <laughs> But Paranoid always feels like Runaway light to me in terms of content. Um, where Kanye on Runaway is saying, like, 
you know, I, I forget the lyrics to Runaway. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, run away from me, baby. Uh, toast to the douchebags. Yeah, just something about like the manipulation that's going on in Runaway and like the emotional back and forth. Like you can blame me for everything. Like I feel like Paranoid is Kanye kind of showing that in more detail. Like this is how he manipulates. This is how he keeps this girl around in this relationship. Not that I'm saying it's the same girl, but he's just able to kind of gaslight his way into keeping this girl around. Yeah, like in Paranoid, he really embodies that person. It, this person is unapologetically that way. To run, run away, he kind of acknowledges it. It acknowledges the the duality in his life. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, right. Number six for me is Coldest Winter. Okay, so high up, but not like top yeah. Three. It's more. I mean, I think it's a very powerful song. Um, I think it's ranking this high as more for just like the purpose it serves on the album okay i get that uh i have welcome to heartbreak next okay so we those were pretty close to each other on our list yeah and welcome to heartbreak when i was first going through this album like see you my nightmares was my favorite for a bit of time but welcome to heartbreak i think was my second favorite and still to this day i find the lyrics to be so poignant Mm. and some of kanye's most efficient imagery and scene setting and just it's great in terms of like writing uh i think it's one of Kanye's strongest songs just in terms of straight up lyrics and poetry yeah yeah those scenes oof yeah shit um number five for me you'll hear a lot more about it soon say you will oh yeah which uh (laughs) top five's good but could be better travis (laughs) <laughs> I'm surprised. I thought you would have it lower on your list, so I'm excited to see where it ends up. Wait, you thought I'd have it lower on my list? I could have sworn maybe I'm, you know, now that I think about it, you have say, praised the song in the past, but I I almost feel like on a recent Deathmatch episode, you seem surprised that it won around. I don't know. I had it for some reason I had it in my mind that you didn't like the song as much as you do, but clearly I'm wrong. Yeah, no, it's like you don't even know me at all. <laughs> After a decade. What? Just going to have that music play silently underneath what's going on. Okay. Um, that's, uh, yeah, no, I think it was just in the Deathmatch episode. I was just surprised that it won because I feel like I love it more than most people and then it never really like goes anywhere um or maybe it was going up against like just one of the eight songs i like better than it or something i was shocked about that but no say you will's pretty high up for me yeah i love it love to death uh pinocchio story is the next one on my list Ooh, okay which uh i think year after year my appreciation for this song just grows (laughs) I thought you were going to say dwindles. Oh, no, no. Gross, gross, gross. <laughs> like Pinocchio's nose? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number four for me is Love Lockdown. Ooh, okay. And we're getting almost into for pretty... the, uh, Almost for the video alone. The video is so good. 
<laughs> like arguably top five Kanye video. Yeah, it's it's up there. Like you have the three videos for Life of Pablo, and then you're like, all right, what's the next best one? Like it's probably Love Lockdown. God, it's so good. It's so weird. So good. Um you know, but now we're I feel like we're getting into territory where it's like this is number four, but it's like clearly a beloved favorite and just something has to be at four. Man, I gotta say, like I love graduation, but like looking at my top five here, they far eclipse the gra- top five on graduation. Like these songs are to me, this is like Kanye. This is new Kanye working on a completely different level sonically. Yeah, no, I I feel the same way. It's like even compared to <laughs> college dropout and late registration, yeah. there's something just about my top five on this versus my top five on each of those where I get more excited about the top five on. Here. Totally. Yeah. Sorry fans that love the first three albums more than anything else we suck yeah but as much of a big deal as i made about say will say you will's my oh wait did i just jump ahead of pinocchio story no number four number four yeah yeah say you will's number four i guess i feel like i'm it would be my number three maybe i jumped ahead Um, do you not have this written out I do, but I have Pinocchio story is number four. <laughs> do you have twelve songs on the list? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what song are we missing? Let's see. Streetlights, Pinocchio story. It, it's on there. It's on there. Uh, oh, Heartless, is it on there? Oh, okay. Okay. Heartless would be my next one. Heartless is my number okay. four. Okay. Got it. Yep. Which, uh, you know, it's a song that got me into the album. And uh, it still maintains like a rarefied position in terms of being in the top five for the album. Mm. But um, it does feel a little bit more radio than the others, you know? Yeah. Right. It's a jam. I got to give it up. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, number three for me is the beloved Kanye song, Streetlights. Nice. It's undeniable. I, you, saw the, you saw the Jesus is King movie, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, like, gosh. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Kanye and Tony Williams just doing Streetlights. Love it. Ooh. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that one in a second. I have Say You Will as number three, which Say You Will could easily be number one, mm-hmm. and I think would be number one on any of the previous albums. So that's how much I like Say You Will, and it's number three <laughs> Wow. on this list. You love those three minutes at the end where nothing's happening, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's your favorite part. Yeah. 
I mean, it is incredible, and I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. What do you got for two? Pinocchio story. Makes sense. Absolutely adore Pinocchio story. I think uh, last season, at the end, it was my favorite, and that could happen again after we talk about it, and I realize just like how fucking incredible it is. It's like the last song of this album. Uh, but this initial run through, um, my number one has to be number one. But Pinocchio story, I mean, I just it could easily be number one. It's it, it's one of the most important Kanye songs there is. It's it's iconic. Yeah, and I mean, we were getting into the idea that Big Brother was kind of a yeah. dry run for Pinocchio story, or Kanye being like, I have this idea, let me try to do it. Let me do a shitty and version then- of it. Hey now, but then, <laughs> but then taking it to the next level on 808s and being like, no, no, that was me playing it safe because I wanted it to be traditional. I wanted it to be liked. But if I'm doing the real version, that's the artsy version. That's a version I want to do. It's Pinocchio story. It's, I mean, we talk about kind of like having filmmaking tendencies with his storytelling and art. And there are moments of that on graduation, but this is like, 2001 a space odyssey level storytelling shit like it, it's kind of next level and ethereal in a way that mu- music story doesn't usually do yeah he's on his kubrick yeah which uh you know was this song an inspiration for kendrick's eye on uh mm. to pimp a butterfly yeah oh yeah the not the single but the one that's on the album yeah yeah the one that's on the album where like in the middle of it he starts talking to everybody and like is like hey 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 not a like not a my time not a my time like yeah i could see that hmm gotta ask kendrick get him on the show <laughs> sure he's itching to come on yo kenny man <laughs> you we call him kenny because we're like that kung fu kenny yeah uh okay so you got that at two i have love lockdown at two yeah it's great. I feel like our top fives are the same. Besides See You in My Nightmares, which is your bottom one and my number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny how that works. Uh, but Love Lockdown, I think Love Lockdown could end up being number one. I think oh, it's yeah. usually number one. But for some reason, while making this list, uh, it wasn't. But It's drums, man. Yeah. It's so good. Okay. And then See You in My Nightmares for you. I mean, it's the best. We we talked about it on uh, graduation, and I hate to sound like a beaten drum, but I, one of the reasons I love Drunken Hot Girls is because Connie fans love to hate it, and See You My Neighbors is one of those songs, so like I, I feel attached to it in that way. Like I, I really love it for that, but uh, man, See You My Nightmares, it, it's a lot like Drunken Hot Girls, actually. I think about it, like it's a very ugly song. I mean, it's very indulgent. And it has Lil Wayne. <laughs> like, all those energies mix in a way that uh, it make a sound that I just really like in a Kanye song. Um, because you don't usually get that energy from him um, in such a poppy way. So, I guess it kind of reminds me of like something like Monster, too. But this is, like, really, like, grimy and gross. And and in terms of just, like, storytelling and, and scenery, like, it's, man, I just, I love that song. Yeah, I'm pumped to get back to it. And I don't even remember anything from our lyrical analysis <laughs> the first time through. We talked about the Spike Jones movie a lot. 
Yeah, but I don't remember anything regarding... Maybe once we start, like, looking at the lyrics and, like, talking about the episode again, or yeah. starting to record the next episode, I'll be like, oh, I remember this part and this part and this part. But, like, I have pretty vivid memories of everything else, but for some reason, see you my nightmares is just blocked out of my head. Well, I can't wait to talk about it with you then. Yeah. Um, maybe you wiped my mind, mm. so then I would be excited, huh? Uh, number one for me is Streetlights, and... I think it's mm, why. Okay. So streetlights is a why? song that if I'm driving and streetlights comes on, I will just end up playing streetlights on repeat yeah. until I'm done with the drive. And even then, if I get to where I'm going, I will stay in the car until the song's done. So there's something very hypnotic to me about this song. And it's been that way for, years and i still have these very uh intense memories of just driving in ohio at nights and street lights coming on and this was very much how i was feeling in ohio uh where you know i know where i want to get to but i'm just not there yet mm. and feeling like there's this long journey ahead of you and you're hopeful but also like kind of <laughs> worn out by it all right so this song at times i feel like i connect to more deeply than any other song but i think aesthetically love lockdown is probably more appeals to more of like my sense of the epic and right all of that but streetlights is the one that like gets to the core of my soul i feel like you're you're perfectly describing it, like your whole situation and like the idea of driving with it and playing it over over and over and it being hypnotic like that's a perfect description of streetlights and why so many people do connect with it is it really is hypnotic because the song itself just kind of repeats over and over and you could just play it like 10 times in a row and like it doesn't ever really change that much you just keep hearing the same thing over and over um but it it works in that way for, for what you're saying like it's broad enough that like you can apply your own whatever you're going through to it, but specific enough that you can like see the scene and like be part of that scene. And it's the kind of setting where like you do just deepen it and like think about life and you're not sure what's coming next. It's it's such a unique Kanye song in that way. Like m most Kanye songs like go somewhere and end somewhere and Streetlights kind of doesn't. It just deeps. I, you know, I think that's the... I was thinking that there might be, I don't know if there's anyone that's dedicated enough. I'm sure there are you, you out there that's listening. That's like, Chris, you always say that you don't like repetition uh -huh. and you want songs to keep like opening up and doing something new and have multiple parts. So is it streetlights the complete opposite of what you like? Yeah. It's just I'm going to ask that question. Yeah. You should have been Travis. <laughs> um, yes and no. So yes, it does do that, but the reason why it's okay for me is exactly what you were talking about in terms of its form and function, right? It's capturing the sense of feeling like you're in this place and not getting to where you want to go. Like you're approaching it consistently, but never getting there. Right. And the fact that the song just kind of repeats that over and over again, I think makes it okay because it is embodying what it's talking about rather than just being what it is. It's the same reason why I like Breathe In, Breathe Out 
rather than not liking Breathe In, Breathe Out, because right. I don't think Breathe In, Breathe Out is particularly a strong song lyrically or sonically, but it's meant to kind of be what it is. Um, and it's why Barry Bonds has started to rise in my estimation as well, mm. um, because the form is part of the function. Yeah, man, I'm thinking about... Um because i'm thinking about 808s and it's an album that doesn't have like a ton of lyrics you know like it's a very spacious album and it's and it's heavy on the sonics and the production um most of the time like if we have a long episode it's because the song has a lot of lyrics and it just takes a while to get through everything and to get through all the references but i almost feel like the episodes the, the episodes for 808s could be even longer just I mean, we just spent the most time talking about Streetlights, which is a song that just repeats the same lines over and over. <laughs> and it's because, like, these songs have this power and have yeah. so much thematic meat. Like, there's just so much to discuss in terms of in terms of Kanye and his story and what's going on in the album and the emotion he's drawing out. Like, it's just a more complicated album in that way. And I'm really excited to talk about each of these songs and... and less like attacking the lyrics and like oh what are the lyrics but like more just like what is Kanye conveying here like what is he doing and what is the signal about his growth as an artist yeah I don't think he was doing a lot of form and function stuff on college dropouts mm -hmm. and late registration I mean maybe a little bit more on late registration um, but it felt like it was still like okay let's make some pretty sweet production mm -hmm. and that's just like a good vibe good tone that goes with whatever the song's about and you have some moments like breathe in breathe out right that's like a little more sludgy and sluggish or slow jams that's kind mm -hmm. of getting a little bit more into form and function but i don't think necessarily like the production on family business is like doing anything like next level right right um and you had the sample usage right like through the wire uh using the Shaka Khan sample right. or last call using Mr. Rockefeller. Um, same thing with late registration, having the, the samples be really meaningful, but I think graduation, you start to see him tinkering with form and function a little bit more specifically Barry Bonds or drunken hot girls. You start seeing things like good life, right? Where he, that may not have the the form, but naming all the cities and how that right. plays into everything. But 808s, I think, is the first album where he really just leveled up in terms of making sure that everything was kind of having more nuance and more depth to it due to form and function. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And so while the, the album may not have a story line per se, like a traditional one, I, I don't think it's going to disrupt what we do. Like it doesn't, it's not going to make it harder to like see a through line through the album it, because Connie's doing that form and function and because there's so much going on within each song, we're going to have a fuck ton to talk about. Yep. And then the amazing <laughs> thing about Kanye is that he then merges what he was doing in the first three yeah. albums with what he did on 808s and makes my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Oh, can we handle that? Now, those are going to be long episodes. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do that one right. That's for sure. Oh, man. Are you, how excited are you about that to do My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Jesus, and the Life of Pablo right this time? 
it's going to feel triumphant, you know? Mm. Everyone else might be annoyed by it, but we'll feel good. We will feel good. You know, maybe someone will even write an article about us for once, you know? Probably not. Uh, corrections <laughs> no. department, I know earlier that I said Drunken Hot Girls and Lil Wayne. That was wrong. That was shameful. Maybe I should be fired. It's Barry Bonds has Lil Wayne. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I'd even, I heard it and did it even, I was just like, I know what he means, but yeah. I should have said it out loud and been like, <laughs> you mean blah, 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 blah. I think in some ways I combined Barry Bonds and Drunken Hot Girls, so. You're always doing that. You're always like, I just listened to the song, Drunken Hot Barry. <laughs> I'm like, Travis, it's not Drunken Hot Barry, it's Drunken Hot Girls. And you're like, oh, okay. Oh, and it's not Barry Girls. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> I'm just picturing Barry Bonds with like a wig or playing softball yeah. or something. A, but like a whole softball team of Barry Bonds where it's like... <laughs> pigtail blonde wig like and they're all just swinging for the fences yeah it'd be amazing <laughs> a game that's nothing but home runs <laughs> no defense <laughs> the defensive team is it even like on the field no the final yeah. score is like 150 to 137 yeah does i mean when's the ending end if barry bonds always hits home runs <laughs> <laughs> when one team gets too tired to keep going yeah i guess so just taking steroids between at bats to make sure you don't lose <laughs> that's alleged chris <laughs> it's the great lie about bonds <laughs> he only took steroids once a week his head was that big all on its own could you imagine <laughs> god i hope he did take steroids because if he did it my head could potentially get that big. <laughs> it's going to happen to you, Travis. Oh, God. Just it's already. Wait. I feel like I'm already getting like Matt Damon head or Alec Baldwin head. Just like fat white guy head. <laughs> well, you're going to have to start a podcast about that. <laughs> yeah. The, so when you're recording your podcast about Young Jeezy, I'll just be <laughs> talking about my giant, slowly growing head. Could you imagine if you were trying to get people to guest on that podcast? <laughs> like our podcast is about having like a head size that was normal, but as you age, it starts to deform. And we think you are perfect to have on the show, Matt Damon. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a lot of Hollywood celebrities that could be on that show or probably want to be on that show. <laughs> yeah. It's about time we raise awareness for head what do you call it? <laughs> Heads like, Anonymous? Big Heads Anonymous? Heads Anonymous. It's like Continental Drift, but with skull size. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, stay tuned for that. Beautiful. We're branching out. Yeah. I mean, I can't talk about Connie forever. Although, if Connie wants to be on that show, he's more than welcome to come on. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I mean, he could at least be on the Young Jeezy show. He, he knows him. That is, that is appropriate. And Connie's still a young guy. There's time for that head to balloon up. How dare you? <laughs> and just lifts off. Ah, ah, ah. I mean, he, Connie is such a smart person that the smarter he gets, you gotta think that his head's gonna get bigger. Just mastermind size. Where's all that information gonna go? That's true. That's true. Well, I think you convinced me. <laughs> what a weird end to the 808s and heartbreak overview episode. 
Yeah. Just like, <laughs> oh, these guys, they're really on, they've really like got the ship in order. Yeah, Not a lot of banter it. that takes away from the discussion. And then all of a sudden, it's like a, a hole in the side of the boat and in floods. Yeah. He all bougie, of the banter. He big headed. It's true. Kanye admits right. it himself. Uh, okay, is there anything else we want to say about 808s? <laughs> no, that's it. The Here first episode will be a fun one with our uh, special guest, so stay tuned for the Say You Will uh, episode and that initial deep dive into 808s and Heartbreak. It's going to be a good one, and then this season will be a lot of fun. So thank you for listening, and we think that you will enjoy what's ahead. Yeah, and the whole time it's going to be tough, but we really need you to stay wavy. Yeah, because if you don't, you won't be able to keep it loopy. And I am. And they ask me, they ask me, they ask me, I tell them. Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky. This is the last call for alcohol. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.